Fogalove, Fogalove, you're a bug, you're a bug. Open up wine with Fogalove and light the fire next to the Fogalove. We're talking about Fogalove. I don't know if you're trying to do jazz or rap (laughs) or soul. It's fine. What are you trying to do there? What What is your goal with that song? It's fine. Is it to repel or to attract? <laughs> right now, it's to be informative to our listeners, our mood toward the game of the episode. It sounds almost like you're scared of it. Or <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to evoke the feelings of fear. Welcome to the Malt House Games podcast. My name is Delton. <laughs> I'll be your host. With me today is my co-host, Haley. And now you're pointing at me with your whole hand like you're Nicolas Cage or something. You point with your whole hand all the time. <laughs> That's true. Oh my gosh. So do you want to hear the story behind that? <laughs> yes. What's the story behind pointing with your whole hand? So uh, whenever I was in grad school, Mackenzie and I were teaching assistants for one of Dr. Lack's classes. Okay. Uh, it was his OCD and related disorders class. Okay. And the class was watching, was it Matchstick Men? Is that, that's a Nicolas Cage movie. I don't know. Well, basically, the guy has OCD in the film, and Mackenzie and I were grading papers on it, so we had to watch the film. Well, we didn't just want to watch a Nicolas Cage film, so we picked out the Nicolas Cage drinking game, which, you know, whenever he is dressed as Elvis, you finish your beer. Uh, Whenever he tries to seal a declaration of independence, you do something like that, which happens a lot in his films. Another part of the game is every time Nicolas Cage points with his whole hand, you take a drink with his whole arm. So, like, if you ever notice in his films... Whenever he is gesturing to something or whenever he's making a point, he doesn't just point with his finger. He doesn't just point like with his, like present with his hand. He points with his whole arm. And so Mackenzie and I started doing that as a joke because Mackenzie and I went to grad school together. We hang out together all the time. We uh, work together now. And so as a joke, whenever we were talking to each other, we would point with our whole arm. Well, it turns out now that's a habit of mine. Yes, all the time. I, I have become... A Nicolas Cage arm pointer. Like, I gesture everything with my whole arm whenever I'm speaking about something or someone. You have become Nicolas Cage I have be- in false, small female form. <laughs> I have become what I have feared, Nicolas Cage. The treasures under the White House. That was kind of southerny <laughs> and really bad. It's like if Nicolas Cage was going to be a small town Georgia lawyer. I think that's accurate. I think so. I think that's accurate. <laughs> so this is Malt House Games Podcast. I'm Haley. That's Delton. We are a tabletop games podcast as we're like three minutes into this. Who points with their entire hand when we're gesturing the things, as Delton has done to me twice now. That's exactly it. Yeah. We talk about board games, card games, role-playing games, tabletop games, everything you play on a table that you would buy at a tabletop game store. I don't know where I was going with that. Whatever. Or Board Game Geek. Or Board Game Geek. We also... Drink delicious, delicious beer on the episode. What do we have today, Delton? Today we have Id from Coop Ale Works, which is a local Oklahoma company. This is says number five, Id number five, Brute India Pale Ale. It says one of Sigmund Freud's three divisions of the psyche is the Id, which represents the instinctual drives of the psychic apparatus. The Id series reflects our brewery's needs, wants, desires, and impulses. Each release is the actualization of styles, ingredients, techniques, and flavors sparked by our present state of mind. These beers are intended to be limited one-time releases, and tomorrow's spontaneity will be our impetus. So basically, this is number five. They brew ids, and each time they try something new. Oh, that's 
nifty. It is nifty. And I'm very excited to give this a try. Oh, don't bubble. Okay, we're good. Not going to spill it this Hide time. Hide the rug. Oh, Brad. So it's got a great color, very light, very yellow. It's got a good clarity. Mine's a little foggier. I think the bottom of the glass, I got the last of any sediment that was in there. It smells good. Definitely smells very hoppy. Not an overabundance. Ooh. It's got a very clean mouthfeel. It doesn't gum up like some of the heavier beers, which is nice. You drink enough of that, you'll definitely be running off the Ed Complex pretty soon. It's not too sweet, but there is some sweetness in there, and the hops are not overpowering as I expected. It's very gentle. This is like a summer IPA. You could drink this all the time. I think it's very good. What are you thinking? You know, like those Welch's grape juice bubbler things that we drank whenever we were seven years old and thought we were drinking fancy champagne? Like the non-alcoholic fancy champagne, the sparkling grape juice? Yeah, it feels on the mouth like those feel. Yeah, it's got a little bit of bubble to it, but it's not too much. It's really light. It's very light. But it's also like 6% alcohol. It's very good. I like this one. Well, that's good. So lately, this is our first episode after Valentine's Day. So that's kind of where we're focusing this episode. On love. On some sort of love. So we're using the wedding glasses from some friends of ours that we got at their wedding. That's what we're using today to drink out of. We stole them. We didn't. They were like the table gifts for everyone. I stole them. But lately, we just got, actually yesterday, our gas logs put into our fireplace so we can have fire in the house, which is amazing. Because we haven't used the fireplace since we moved in like five years ago. The cats are very confused by this concept. The cats are super confused. They keep getting really close with them. You know, their whiskers are very sensitive to heat. So they like get up really close to it, then they get afraid and back off, and they get close to it and afraid and back off, and it's just been like this touch and go thing, like you are in the early stages of a relationship. Ooh, parallel. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> But yes, it's been really nice having that. We have to go do a burn-in stage where you have to keep the like chimney open and burn on those logs for like a total of about 24 hours over the course of however long. It's just to help the paint settle and set and get rid of some of the uh, odors that can be put off from them. But once that's done, we can shut the chimney because of the style that we got. Thank you, my mother and father, by the way, for paying for this. And it was, so a, kind of it was a gift. Mom said she'd do it for years, and we put it off for years, so I think it just accumulated the cost. Accum That's how I'm looking at it. It was like your birthday gift in the last five years. It, it really was, or Christmas, actually, but yes. But it's really nice. We're excited for it, because now we can boot up the fire, have some little fire for, you know, mood setting, or just for the looks of it, or... Entertaining the cats. Entertaining the cats, or just for some heat once it gets uh, past this first burning <laughs> stage. Heat. Who, who has a fireplace who just for heat? heat? Uh, you should check out my Twitter. I have pinned probably my favorite tweet I've made in a while. Oh, my God. Uh, having to do with the fireplace and quote-unquote setting the mood. And it ties into this episode nicely, which is great. Because what are we talking about today, Delton? We're talking about something very special. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's, it's a game. The game of today's episode, as you might have noticed because we kind of mentioned it early in the beginning, is Fog of Love. We thought this was the perfect game to talk about on a Valentine's kind of episode. Doing things like this for holidays makes me realize that like a weekly schedule benefits because you can actually keep up with holidays, but it's kind of hard for us to do. So that's why we're still bi-weekly, but we can do it. And that's what we're doing is just putting stuff out when we can. Fog of Love is designed by Jacob Jaskoff. Uh, game development is Jacob Jaskoff, Lot Margrith, Klixbul Jaskov. Jacob Engelbrecht, and Nikki Valens. The photography for the game, Anders Bolgild. 
And the visual design, which is going to be art and graphic design and everything, is Mike Hojgaard. So some of these names are, looks to be Swedish or Norwegian. I do not know how to pronounce a lot of the things. It's different than German. I know their umlauts are different and they have the lines to the O's. So if I'm butchering these, I apologize. Lot M. Klixbul Jaskov, Jep Norsker, and Sicily Fossheim. Those are all the people who did art design and visual guidance and concepts and things like that. So this game came out through Kickstarter and has kind of exploded onto the scene in the board game world. The reason being is there's not another game like it. It fuses the aspects of role-playing with aspects of physical game mechanics. So the way the game is going to be played is you and your opponent, not really opponent, you and your partner. Yeah. Now it could be a friend, it could be family, whoever you want to play the game with. Uh, you each take a role of a person and you two are in a relationship for the game. You pick, uh, there's a male or female side in the base game of the cards. And I like that it says, choose the icon that best depicts your gender. Yes, now they do have multiple box covers, which I think this is really cool. They now have three. They have one with a male and female, one with two females, and one with two males. But even on this one with the male and the female depicted on the front, on the sides of the box you have depicted two males, you have depicted two females as well. So it's built to be inclusive, which is nice. They do have alternate covers for the box where, like I said, which is really, really cool. Um, they also have some expansions that expound upon the LGBT like acceptance in the game. So some of the situations in the game do tend to lend themselves toward the heteronormative uh, style relationships. However, with the newer versions, I believe, and definitely in some of the expansions, it expounds upon LGBT relationships, which is really cool. But even in the base game, like last night, I had a card that was the couple deciding whether or not they're going to go to Pride. And yeah. it, it was, the options were, yeah, let's go to Pride. No, let's stay home and watch a movie. And the third one was, they already know what we believe about us. So why would we show up? Exactly. And then there was one of like trying on your partner's clothes. And yeah. you could take that as, since you role play the situation, it just says try on clothes. Well, then you can say, this is what I put on. So you can actually take it as lightly as I played a male last night, Haley played a female, and I just said I put on her nice coat. Or you could take it even further than that and say I put on a fancy one of the fancy dresses or something. So you really play the game to what you want. It just gives you the opportunity to then storytell and make it what you prefer. And it doesn't have to be male, female. No, it does not. It it can be fluid. It can be non-gender conforming. It's awesome. It really can. It's a really cool game in that regard. So it, it is something, and I know that the creators have pushed it to be available for everybody, and it seems to be taken by everybody in a very, very good light. Everybody has loved it, has appreciated yes. what they've done for inclusivity, which is awesome. So the way the game's going to work is you each pick a person, you're going to get assigned traits. The traits are like, you're shy, you're a little bit insecure, or you're cocky, things like that. Then you're going to get an occupation, and then your partner, they're going to draw five cards, I can't remember the name of them off the top of my head, that is basically a depiction of the first thing they noticed about you. So you actually create the visual image, for some of it, for your opponent. So I said Haley was unstylish and poorly dressed, which I thought was hilarious. She made me tanned with a gold chain. A gold Snoopy chain. A gold Snoopy chain. And so as and you- And a giggle. And a giggle, and I giggle a lot. And as you expound upon these things, you then create that character in your head. It's a mixture of what you want, but also what your partner sees. So you create your character, and then the game proceeds to play through chapters of a story and by you guys playing scene cards. 
You play a scene card. Sometimes you both choose an option. Sometimes one person chooses, but when you choose, it changes how much you lean toward like insecurity, security, uh, gentleness, or like upfrontness, uh, like discipline versus like loosey goosey. And you play these scenes and they tell a story and you expound upon that. You know, oh, we went to the park. Well, what did we do? I pick, we went to the pond and fed the ducks. Haley picks, we went on a walk through the flower garden. Then we talk about, well, maybe we did a bit of both. And then while we fed the ducks, you can do this. And while we went to the flower garden, I did this. You can make it as storytelling and like RPG-like as you want, or as mechanical and simple as you would like, which is cool. But the game's going to play through multiple scenes, which are cards of different types. And you guys make choices and discuss them and argue about stuff and disagree and agree. Watch the relationship flux between more in love and less in love. And I really like it because you can add that role-playing aspect. For example, I like to role-play more than Dalton does, which is fine. Like, I, I like to just get into characters, and my character, Amber, was a musician. And so you can take that as, okay, I'm a musician, da 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 da, da play the game. Or you can really get into it and role-play it. So my musician was actually one of those indie singers. It's like, one of the girls sings like this. And so the entire game, I talk like this. And it drove Dalton absolutely insane but it was fun for me and like there was uh one scene where we choose where we go on a date my girl wanted to go on a date to a karaoke bar and so i sang a really like indica edition of a rap song and it drove Delta insane but i felt so like it was dumb. getting me into the character and that was fun Haley is really big on that role play element of getting into character and getting into what they would say and how they would talk and things like that I am not very good with things like that. I They make me awkward. Like, I don't know. There's something weird about it. So my character, I thought it was kind of fitting. He was a teacher and he was shy. He was insecure, but he was also like loving and caring. But it was very, you know, a very weird way. So it's somebody who's shy and insecure and doesn't want to do things out loud in the public and doesn't want to sing karaoke, but will have a nice candlelit dinner or take you on a walk through the Rose Garden. So it was something closer to kind of to some of my personality in a way, but it was nice because it worked out. My guy sometimes is annoyed by Haley's indie singing, and sometimes she was annoyed by my reservedness, but that's how you play the game and how you represent it, and it's just a really neat idea for two people. I think it works really well with people in a relationship, whether that be a very close friendship or a romantic relationship. However, you could play this with anyone and just make it super fun. Right. It doesn't have to be romantic. But for Valentine's Day, it worked to be romantic because that's what we get to do is we get to play out these other characters and with other traits different than our own and kind of see how that relationship plays out. Right. And like you said, you don't have to play this with a partner. You can play this with friends. I'd be kind of weirded out to play this with like a parent or a sibling, though. I would, too. Like, I know that it's not a romance game, but to just thinking about playing that out with like my sister, I'd be like, eh. like well, I could play this with my friend. You could, like easily. you and Allison could play this easily. Me and Allison could play this easily. Me and Zach could play this easily. Me and Sarah could play this easily. But yeah. playing this with my mom, I'd be like, uh, let's not play the porn card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some cards like sex in public or uh, like Haley said, the porn card or go watch an erotic movie and things like that. They could be awkward. You could always pull those out. That's what she said. Oh, my God. My only big complaint with the game is the rule book is well done if you read it front to back. But if you have a question mid-game, I found it difficult at times to reference it and find what I wanted. 
Uh, so some of the times I had to wing it, other times I had to look in a few spots to get what I needed. But all in all, the rulebook is well done. One thing I will say is this game looks overwhelming at first. However, it comes with an amazing tutorial that sets up for you. And as you go through the game, it has it all planned out where after this many cards are drawn, the next tutorial card hits, which introduces some new element that was on the card you just drew. And it walks you through the game. That way, by the time you go to the second game, you're ready to go. Uh, the game also comes with four separate scenarios. It comes with the beginning one, which is like Sunday morning date or something. And then it's got like high school sweethearts, trouble with the in-laws, and something else I don't remember. So you've got options of different scenarios to play through, and then they do sell expansions on the side that have even more scenarios to go through, which is just like a general rule set. Now, this is also a Walmart exclusive, so you're not going to find this on Amazon, more than likely. You're probably not going to find it on Cool Stuff or anything like that. Yeah, it is Walmart exclusive. I think a Walmart online exclusive, right? Yes, you cannot find it in store unless somebody like ordered it and didn't pick it up. I ordered it when it was on sale for half off, which like I feel bad doing that, but I also don't like Walmart. You got my Christmas present half off? I did. Oh. Uh, and you can get the expansions half off at times when they put them on sale. But that just means you could buy me more stuff. That's true. I ordered it for in-store pickup where they have the big kiosk. You scan your phone and it's like a vending machine. It just drops your box in and opens the door, which is really cool. But it's a really neat game to play with somebody. It's interesting. It's different. As long as you're fine with doing sort of a romantic-based game, then this game is really one to check out. Uh, you, do have to, you don't have to like storytelling and role-playing, but it definitely helps if you get into it. I get into it. Haley gets into it. I tend to drift out of it a I lot. I get into it because it's what I'm good at. There we go. But since this game is one that's all about romance, that's what we wanted to talk about in the topic of the episode. Hey. What can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So we're going to talk about games that we see as romantic. Yes, because we have a few games that you can play that have sort of a romantic theme or can be presented in a romantic way for us. Yes. So one of those games, of course, is Fog of Love. You know, like I said, this is a game that you know, you can get really intimate if you get into the role playing. I mean, you can actually act this out. And it is a romance that you're acting out. It's not just a friendship. This is a budding relationship that you're acting out or one that has been around for a long time that you're going through trouble, depending on the scenario that you pick out. But another game that we deem as romantic is one that Delton actually got me for Valentine's Day. Before I tell that game, there's one thing you can do in Fog of Love that we have not done yet, which is called Nightmare Mode. It is where you play yourselves. Oh, God. In these situations. No. So we haven't done that oh, yet. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, they call it nightmare mode, and they say you pick stuff that matches you. Oh. And then you play it just as you. Oh. And people are worried it like starts fights and stuff, but oh. I think we can handle it really well. Um, but that's an option. I just wanted to throw that out there, that if you just wanted to have a lot of fun with it and then get mad at your significant other, that's an option. The next podcast is just going to be Delton on here. If you're like, so guys, we played the nightmare mode. This episode brought to you by Delton Bragg and Delton Bragg alone. <laughs> I just bring Brian in. I'm like, Brian, I need somebody to do the podcast for me. Let me help me out. Yeah, that's exactly it. No, for Valentine's Day this year, I got Haley Princess Jing. Now, Princess Jing is through Matago Games. We played it at Gen Con last year and liked it. A lot. But the game is, it's basically an abstract style game. You move some pieces around, but it's got this cool mechanic of mirrors. But the whole thing of what you're doing is you are moving a princess and trying to get her to the opponent's guard, which is her lover, they are trying to run away together. And so the other players, mirror people and whatnot, are trying to catch your princess and prevent you from 
getting to your guard where their princess is trying to get to our guard. So like my guard, my princess wants to get to Haley's guard and Haley's princess wants to get to my guard. Whoever does it first wins. They're defecting. But it's all about romance. It's somebody trying to find the one they're in love with. They know who they are. They've met them multiple times. They just have to run away this last time to get to them. So I thought that was kind of a neat theme for Valentine's Day, as well as the game is pretty fun. It's got some really neat mechanics. Uh, The little mirror people. Basically what it is is the pieces you move have two sides. One side is your opponent's that you can't see, and one side is yours that you can. And on your side, you have a mirror. So when your little piece, your mirror person, is in front of something of your opponent's, you can see the backside of that piece uh, that's by it, basically. I don't know how to explain this in a directional way that makes sense through a podcast. Uh, You'll have to look it up. Princess Jing is uh, J-I-N-G. But basically, you use these mirrors to look and try to catch the princess. So it's really fun. But I really like it because there's that hidden movement. There's like It feels like you're sneaking around trying to get to your significant other, yes. which is basically, I mean, that's what the game is. You're sneaking out of your castle or whatever, trying to find your lover. But in the game, it really gives you that sneakiness. You have to trick the other person to thinking that the piece that is your princess isn't your princess because if the other player finds your princess, you go back to the beginning. Like you're sent back to your castle and have to start all over again getting to your lover. Yes, and there is a decoy princess as well. Everything on the princess is dressed the same, except for the hood. Yeah, decoy princess has a hood up. The non-decoy princess has her hair all pretty. Yep, and so it's really neat, but it's a good kind of romantic sort of game. So we played that. Another romantic game that we have is Come Together. So that's one of the Matt Fantastic games. Mm-hmm. We own. So Matt Fantastic, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Probably. But he is such an interesting bird, and I like him so much. Uh, whenever we saw him at Gen Con the first year we went, uh, so Gen Con got rid of Booth Babes. So Booth Babes are the models that companies would hire to dress kind of generally kind of skimpily in order to lure people in. It's been replaced with quote unquote cosplay now. Right. So it's still there. It's just not like an official thing. Right. And so what Matt Fantastic did. So this guy apparently has like a degree in gender studies. And if you read his rule books that especially come together, we'll get to it has a whole section on what consent is. But for his for promoting his own booth, he would wear the skimpy outfit. So he would be dressed as a sexy nurse. So we have like this six foot two, 240 pound guy <laughs> yeah. wearing a, or I don't know how much he weighs. How much do people weigh? That's, that's probably about accurate. Maybe a little less. Like a skimpy nurse outfit or like Snow a, white one day. a sexy Snow White. And you would go up to him and he, he would call you over, which he's very good at calling people over and getting your attention in multiple ways. But he told us about Come Together. So this game is... It's meant for couples, and just because you play it doesn't mean you have to do it. But, Delton, you're probably better at explaining this than I am. I suck at explaining games. It's fine. Basically, this game is made for couples who want to explore things in a more sexual nature, is essentially what the game's about. We just thought it was a really interesting idea and wanted to support him and his endeavor of it back in, I guess this was 2017? Yep. In Gen Con 50. Basically, it's going to have four cards out. You pick which one you like. Um, They're honestly different sexual things, different maybe fetishy type things. You pick one you like and one you think your uh, partner would like. If you guys ever match on it, then it comes out. And then it's supposed to be if you ever match on two of them uh, throughout the whole game, then you're supposed to go with consent and perform those. So it's kind of a neat way to start conversations about new things in your relationship. Yeah. We talked about this could, if you take out some of the more, uh, some of the more exploratory cards, you could make this a good therapy game of two people who have trouble talking about things in this regard. Yeah, because it has like things like role-playing, things like using toys, all that fun stuff. But, like I said, there's a whole section on consent in there. And just because you get 
matches on things, it does not mean you have to perform them. It's just supposed, yes. supposed to start a conversation. Yes, and this is a game that for Valentine's Day, for romantic times, this could be a very good game for people if they wanted to do that and explore some new things, or maybe it's something you want to explore and your partner, you've never like talked about it, well then, you might bring it up now in this game. Here's an easy way to have the conversation. Exactly, so that's really cool. And I'm going to throw out one more game that I consider romantic, others okay. won't. Twilight Struggle. Of course. I love Twilight Struggle so much, but it takes like two to three hours to play, yes. and Delton never wins. It takes about an hour and a half because I always lose before mid-war. That's true. If you've played all the way to, through, it takes like two and a half to three hours. Yeah. But I consider it romantic because Delton always loses, and it's not his favorite game. Yet, whenever I'm having a hard day, whenever I'm stressed, or whenever I'm wanting a date night, he will get it out and play with me. So I consider Twilight Struggle one of the most romantic games because... He sacrifices a lot to play with me. Yes, Look. because no game makes me more frustrated and angry than Twilight Struggle. Because for some reason, I just can't get it. I can't grasp what I need to be doing when. I never know if a hand of cards is good or bad. And I just get really mad because I'm trying my best and I lose. I think I most appreciate it because whenever I'm reading the cards, I love political history. It's one of my favorite things to learn about. It's one of my hobbies. And so whenever I'm reading the cards, I like tell Delton the background and like who's involved, like, Perestroika, let me tell you about why Gorbachev did that. And Dalton just sits and listens. And I know this is probably boring as hell to him, but I really yep. appreciate that. Yep. He just lets me nerd rant the whole time. That's exactly what happens with Twilight Struggle. Yeah, so it's one of my romantic games. Romantic games. But in reality, you could make any game romantic. If you all wanted to play Castles of Burgundy 2-player and make it a romantic time playing Castles of Burgundy with some bread and cheese and wine, you could do it. Or you could play Viticulture while you're drinking wine. or you know, anything. You could play any game with a significant other and try to make it a romantic evening. So it doesn't have to be that the game's based on romance. But we wanted to point out games that are kind of based on romance, aside from Haley's Twilight Struggle. Based on romance. It's a love-hate so, relationship between Russia and the U.S. Right? <laughs> That's what it is. USSR. USSR. Sorry. So since Haley brought up Twilight Struggle being romantic, we were trying to think of other things that we find romantic with each other. And now, join us. For a Malt House Games podcast special, bite-sized question. Before we get into the question of the episode, Delton, what are we drinking? This is Velvet Antler Beer. It is an American amber from Iron Monk Brewery out of Stillwater. The deer has your brother's mustache. It's got a giant Yosemite Sam mustache, which I have a brother who has a mustache. It's actually older than I am now by about a year. Yes, I have a brother who could be my father. He's that old. It's fine. He's from Geary, so it's fine. It's normal there. It was actually a crazy situation. While I'm pouring the beer, I'll explain really quickly. My dad had a girlfriend in high school, and she moved away. Well, she didn't tell him, but she was actually pregnant at the time. It was whenever your dad went to Vietnam, right? Uh, it was, I think right out of that, he went to Vietnam, yeah, because he was, I think, 18. And um, she put the child up for adoption, and a few years ago, I don't know how many at this point, I don't remember. It would have been, this year, it'll be... Uh, seven years ago. Oh, shit. In March. Seven it. years next month. Seven years next month? Yep. Jeez. Well, come to find out, that child uh, does some research, finds his biological mother, uh, contacts her, finds out he has two half-sisters, and then he does some research and contacts family and finds out he has three half-brothers on my side. And he fits into the family amazingly well. So we have another brother that's just another part of the family. It's awesome. Him and his wife and kids are really great, but he has a giant mustache that he's had since college back in like 91, and it's great. I remember Delton and I met each other in 2010, and he told me that he had two brothers. 
And then we start like, quote unquote, dating talking in 2012. He's like, yeah, I have three brothers. And I was like, what's this fool? What's this fool get another brother? <laughs> what, what happened here? But there's, there's the story for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, kind of really crazy. Cool. So this beer, Iron Monk's beer, just a simple amber, has a nice smell. I was not expecting that whatsoever. It's got a lot of sour to it. It's like someone put a lemon in a glass of tea, but like over lemon. <laughs> you know, like, okay, you know I, those I like that, powdered okay. tea mixes? Yeah. Like the brisk, the brisk tea. Remember drinking that in the 90s? Mm-hmm. That's what this tastes like. It tastes like that super lemony brisk tea. It kind of does have that, that high amount of lemon in there. That was ridiculous. I was not ex- I was Coming expecting like- Coming off of the id. I was expecting like a smooth amber, like smooth sailing there, and all of a sudden, bam, I got punched in the tongue with citrus. It's like, it tastes like brisk iced tea. It's got a nice mouthfeel. It's a little heavier on the backside. Not a lot, but more than up front. And then it does. It kind of has that lemony taste thrown in there, which is strange. But it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's, this is a definitely like a springtime, summer. Yeah. I say that a lot about any light beer, though. So for the question today, we wanted to answer, what is the most romantic thing that the other one has done for us? Or at least that we can think of off the top of our head. So Haley, what is the most romantic thing I've done for you since this is the Valentine's episode? I'm going to give two different examples. One is like the big thing. One is like the little things you do all the time. Boo. I'm sorry. This is what's going to be. Don't be mushy. Too bad. So of course, everybody's going to say this or most recipients of a proposal will say this. But our proposal was pretty darn romantic. Well, that's because I planned it out. He planned it out. Even though I was in a t-shirt and very sweaty. That's okay. So on our... In our engagement, uh, Delton had planned to propose to me on this bridge at uh, Roger Williams Park in Providence, Rhode Island. Yes. So we get off the plane. I had pulled an all-nighter beforehand because I was so excited to go on a trip. It was supposed to be my graduation trip from undergrad. Yes. And uh, we get there at like 5 o'clock, and I'm ready to go to bed. I'm tired. Delton's like, we got to go to Roger Williams Park. And I was like, why? So we got to go. And so we like get in this sketchy cab where the cab driver is just cussing the whole time and telling us that we should go to the casino. He was a character. It was an adventure. This was before the time of Uber and Lyft. But we get there, wandering around the park, we're taking pictures. Delton says he's going to give me my graduation present. Or knows my, our anniversary present. Anniversary present. Yes. So he has me close my eyes, sitting on the bridge, and he says, hummy, and I open my eyes, and he's on one knee, proposing. It was romantic and beautiful. We walked around the park for like the next hour afterwards, taking pictures, being all happy campers. And it was a wonderful proposal. So that was very romantic. But something that Delton does all the time, which really makes me happy. Hi. Hi. Is especially whenever I'm having really hard weeks. So this weekend is, is an example. I've been very stressed this week. It's just had a lot of stuff to do, a lot of court reports, and like works, having trouble, I'm having trouble leaving at work, work at work because so much stuff is due, just stressed as can be. And during these weeks, Delton often comes home with a book for me. Yeah. And so Delton knows my tastes. Like, it's, it's crazy. He buys books for me that I never would have thought to buy. But every time I read them, like, that is a darn good book. Like, Dietland, he bought that for me. Uh, Team of Rivals, he bought that for me. And every time he buys me a new book, I absolutely devour it and love it. And this week he came home with Gold Dust Woman, which is Stephen Nick's biography. And I am so excited to read it. And it just makes me so happy when he comes home with a new book because that means he thought of me that day and he knows that I'm stressed and he knows it makes me happy and he knows my taste so well. It just reminds me of how much he knows me and how much he loves me and how much he cares. Or I am tired of her being stressed out and I want it to stop. And if that works, it works. Here's I'll let you decide, <laughs> listener. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I perceive it as romantic. Yes, that's fine. But what do I do for you? 
Uh, that's a good question. What do you do for me? <laughs> the look I just got was great. Uh, okay, so really, it's hard for me to pinpoint things because, I mean, honestly, you do nice stuff all the time, which is good. I mean, you cook breakfast most mornings, even though I try to help, and I usually just get in the way. <laughs> and then I try to help you with dishes, and then I just kind of get in the way and all that good stuff. But uh, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's really hard to say. I just, I think I just enjoy it when we, you just want to play games with me and, or you buy me a game or, you know, we go out to the board game cafe and sit. I know it's weird to involve games, but that's what I like, you and games. So it's good. But I think in terms of like romantic things, it's always when you get me a new game or when you just want to sit and play a game and have a drink and then do that kind of stuff. But I also really like sitting out by the fire and just chatting with the chiminea. That's always fun as well. I don't know. It's hard to pick out romantic things. I feel like we do stuff so often all the time uh, that it's hard to find something that stands out. So not that it's a bad thing that nothing stands out because there are things we've done, but... I'm just romantic all the time. I mean, it's basically like you went with me to Gen Con and spent the whole time doing what I wanted to do at Gen Con. So it's like you do a lot for me. Well, just the time that you like. Basically, just spending time with you, I think, is the best part. It makes me happy, too. Yeah. I'm smiling. Blah. 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 Well, I'm happy that you consider just spending time together as romantic, because I enjoy that as well. Yeah. And so this podcast is a way for me to be romantic, because we're spending time together. Yeah. Now this time must end. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Before we finish off the podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to our Patreon backers. We have our good friend Allison, as always, who's been supporting us since day one. We also have Alan, who has helped us out pretty much since day one, at least very, very early on. We also have brand new Patreon backers at the level in which they get a shout out, which is going to be my friend Jesse, who I went to college with and lived in an apartment together with for quite a while as he slept on the couch in the recliner and played video games with all the time. And of course, his lovely, lovely girlfriend, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi, friends. Thank you guys for supporting us through Patreon as well, all three of you, as well as the rest of our backers. If anybody wants to get a shout out, and back us on Patreon to help us out, go to patreon.com slash malthousegames. You can also go to podpledge.com slash malthousegames. It works a little differently, but it's essentially the same thing. But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. So make sure to hit us up on social media at malthousegames. We're on pretty much all social media. Look me up personally at Delton Brack. That's D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. Haley is at Squirrely Geek. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-O-Y-G-E-E-K. If you have a topic you want us to cover, a game to look at, or a question for us to answer on an episode, just shoot us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. Sometimes those emails are slightly delayed for me because my phone doesn't sync up the best, but I will get to it usually within a week. I think, though, that that wraps up everything we needed to discuss today. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Valentine's episode. Hopefully this gives you some idea for a romantic game to play or something like that, and hopefully we weren't too mushy and weird in this episode. We're always mushy and weird. That's just who we are as people. Yeah. Yeah, we're used to it. We're very squishy. We eat a lot of cookies. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll talk to you all later. Toodaloo!